Welcome to Scrunchy Time. I'm Nicole Hegstead, your fertility advocate. After six years of infertility and three miscarriages, I decided that I needed to become the advocate for my own body. If you're exhausted from struggling to get pregnant and want to know more about how I can help, check out my website at www.nicolehegstead.com. And I'm B. Wild, speaking up for children in a world where mental and physical health of the next generation is being disregarded. I'm here to dish out the tough love truths that we need to wake up to as parents and Christians. If you're fed up with mixed opinions and ready to advocate for your own child, check out my website at www.thebewildlife.com. Put your hair up and pay attention while we discuss today's hottest topics concerning female hormones and healthy kiddos. We aren't silky. We aren't crunchy. We're We're scrunchy. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button. And a special thank you to those who make this financially possible. To support this podcast, please follow the link in our description. Hello, and welcome back to Scrunchy Time. So today we're doing something a little unique. We are going to do a 20-minute-ish episode for Bridget, and we're going to do a 20-minute episode-ish for me, but they're going to be separate. So if you want to hear both of them, they'll both be uploading at the same time. You can listen to them in whichever order you want. Um, Bridget is going to be talking about medications and children and some current issues that have come up as of late because our world looks completely different than what it looked like the last time we recorded episodes. Um, Life plans look completely different right now compared to what they did, like any of us who have a life plan, right? Like, it's it's insane. Or if you didn't have a life plan, you might have one now. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you did, you probably don't now. It's, you know, all over the place. So anyway, um, we are, we actually had a different episode scheduled for this week, and we decided that this was more important to talk about in the immediate future. Um, So, and then I'm going to be speaking about things you can do for your fertility during this time. Um, resting, taking advantage of that kind of thing. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. We're going to focus on Bridget during this episode. So Bridget, take it away. Okay. So, yeah. So of course we are talking about the coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, and then it has another name as well that I have recently found out about in my researching. Like it's super technical, but we're not going to get into that. So, <laughs> but of course, that's what we're talking about because that's what everybody's talking about. And if you're sick of talking about it and you aren't in fear of it, please don't listen to these episodes and go about your day because I know we're sick of hearing about it as well. <laughs> so um, it's just all over the place. Um, but it is important if you are um, scared or fearful or drastically changing your life or your kids' lives in any amount of way you need to listen to these episodes because there really is not much to fear if you've been watching following either one of us we have posted the statistics where you're still six times more likely to die of influenza b than of the coronavirus so um, this really is important that we look at the facts Um, i know several resources where if you want the history of um, coronaviruses. Um, I have a great blog post article done by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Um, she's amazing. Um, she just pu- uh, published part one, and if you want to get a hold of part two, um, it'll be out shortly. But that is super enlightening to know that this virus has been around for 
years. <laughs> it is just another strand. H1N1, all those things, they're all the same. They are all considered a coronavirus. Um, this is just a new strand. So, um, which is what illness does, right? It mutates. Influenza looks different every year, which is going around. That's why we know the flu vaccine never works because it's always a new strand, right? Um, so this is just another thing. Um, not that we don't want to get sick, right? <laughs> we don't want to get sick. We don't want our kids to get sick. Um, it's a pain. It's frustrating. We don't want to see our kids suffer. It's hard. They're not up playing around. All the things, but illness is a way of life. We live in a fallen world. This is part of our curse here. We are going to get sick. We are going to get sick because of the lifestyles we lead, because of the, the stress we put our children under, because of the way we eat, all these things. It's going to happen. You can't do anything to avoid it. Um, so what we need to focus on, and really the turns that are world has taken have allowed us to focus on that. And that is what I see is so beautiful in this. And uh, we actually have the opportunity to make the lifestyle changes we've been talking about making. So our kids coming out of school, all this kind of stuff, if you're in that situation, like this is the perfect opportunity to let them rest. Let your kids sleep in. Please do not bring school home. You know, like sure you can work on things. I know teachers have assigned some things, that's fine, but let them rest. Let, you're going to find that your kids are going to sleep. Like, I know, I mean, you all know I'm working and all of that. On our weekends, we sleep and sleep and sleep. And my kids are little. I do not understand these parents who are like, my toddler's up for, you know, sleeps five hours and is up forever. I'm like, my kids sleep 13 hours <laughs> straight, you know, and that's, they're resting. I, we, we push so hard those four days. And then they rest and they rest. So you're, you're going to, your kids are going to sleep. You're going to find that they're probably hungrier. They're scouring your kitchens, looking for food because they're malnourished. They do not get the proper nutrition at school and daycare. And so this is that perfect opportunity to be like seeing what your kids actually need because you're around them and you can see their habits and where they're lacking and what they're asking for. And all these things. So there are some really good things that can come of this. There are some amazing changes we can make. So um, um, with all of that, like we need to be building up our immune system because we don't want to go find sickness either. Like we, like I said, it is a part of life, all the things, but the reason we're getting so sick is because we don't have an immune system. And that's where it all starts. If you don't, if your body isn't prepared, prepared to fight illness, it's not going to, and it's not going to handle it well, you know, but like even Fritz who has the most compromised immune system. I mean, he has had all the medications, as many antibiotics as you can dream. He's, you know, right? All the things for those of you who know his history, you know, he still has half a collapse along his lungs were undeveloped, underdeveloped, all the things he's made it through influenza B and some mysterious virus these last couple of weeks. So for those of you who can't see my air quotes around that, um, like, and he's, yes, he's had to be on oxygen. Yes. I've had to, you know, do all these things, but he's made it through because I constantly support his immune system. I give him all the things he needs to fight the symptoms and boost his body. And he asks for it. Like, 
I know not many four-year-olds are asking to eat garlic, but he does, he knows, like we talk about it and we have these conversations and um, we're able to take the time and do that. So that's what we need to be focusing on doing is what can we do to prevent it, our, our bodies from catching these illnesses by putting up that barrier. Um, it's not going to be from isolating ourselves and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Um, social distancing is a real thing, but we should be doing that every year. Like we've talked about, like I, we don't want to catch influenza B every year. Trust me. It was, it's bad, <laughs> but that goes around every year. So, um, so yeah, so, so those are things we need to be focusing on. I have tons of herbal remedies and things you can be doing to boost your immune system. And it flat out just comes down to nutrition. You have to be eating, your child has to be eating fruits and vegetables daily. Like that is main course foods. That's, I mean, I put a smorgasbord out whenever we go shopping of this is what we snack on. You know, the berries, the vegetables are all on the counter. Um, kids have to eat and you, you cannot deny your child food. If they're scouring for food and, um, it's like excessive amounts, like they're eating bags and bags of chips. Well, that's because their body's searching for nutrition and it's not the right kind. I mean, there comes a point where they stop eating once they're fulfilled. So, um, so they really need nutrition right now. That is the biggest thing. So um, some other things I want to talk about is like if your child does get sick and you, you know, you feel like you need to take them in what the doctor is going to do and what your options are. I really feel that it's so important that we ask before we take our kids in, what are they going to do? What is going to happen? What, what can they do that I'm not going to offer? Um, after you, you know, and I'm, I, this is by no means any medical advice, obviously, um, disclaimer, this is on you, um, for what you're taking your child in for or not. But we have to remember that this is a, the viral infection that is going around. And so when you go in, first of all, if they offer any antibiotics, it's a flat out no. I mean, we can, well, you can listen to some other episodes or private message me for why antibiotics in the first place are a bad idea, but this is viral, not bacterial. There's difference, just like bacterial versus fungus. Like those are all different infections going on. Those are all different threats to the body. You cannot fight a viral infection with an antibiotic with a, um, yeah, <laughs> that sounded funny when I said it, but yes, um, it, it, it doesn't work. It, it's, I'm trying to think of an example, but I, I can't right now. Um, um, it, but it's not going to fight that. Um, so just like you couldn't fight a fungus with an antibacterial, like it's not going to work. So that right off the bat is not an option. You flat out say no and talk to your doctor about that. I mean, we were just talking before we got on here a year ago, I took Fritz in to the doctor cause he was pretty sick and um, he, we had, you know, we were just coming off of all the things, you know, right. He was a year back from trach ventilator, all those things, you know? And so as you get further out from those medical things, you get more confident in things. But at the time he was getting to that point where it was like, I don't know, you know, like this, what if this is something to do with his heart? He's only so, so far out from his last heart surgery, all the things, you know, he was breathing pretty heavy and all the things. So we took him in and, um, they just said, well, strep is going around, so it might be strep. Let's give him an antibiotic. And I was like, well, I'm not giving him an antibiotic 
unless he needs it, first of all, because strep is a quick test right there in the office and um, whatnot. And the doctor completely backtracks and he's like, oh no, I wouldn't do that for my kids either. We, we try to avoid as many unnecessary antibiotics as possible. And, um, and I'm just like, so why would you do this for me? Why would you just give out to my four-year-old, well, three at the time, why would you just give my three-year-old an antibiotic? You know, no one loves your kid more than you. Mm. And you have to know that. Only you know what's best for your kid. Only you are there, the one to watch out for them. God has given you your children for a reason. They're yours. It's your responsibility to take care of them. It's not the doctors. Yes, they have all this medical knowledge and, you know, they've been to school, but they still do not know so much. And our Western medicine is greatly lacking for obvious reasons. So only you can, can stand up for your child. Do not be afraid to do that. Um, but that will be one of the first things they will give you, even for this coronavirus, is an antibiotic flat out. I mean, that is what they are recommending. Use antibacterial soap, hand sanitizer. None of that works on the coronavirus. It is a viral infection. Now, again, we can go into why those things don't work on the daily basis either, but specifically they will, they are even more obsolete at this point. Um, hand washing, of course, wash your hands, um, use um, chemical free soap, all the things. That's never a bad idea. But to be thinking you're killing and protecting yourself by using bacterial, um, antibacterials is not, it's not going to work. Um, so the next thing that you're actually killing the good bacteria that would fight off an yes. actual viral infection because yes. that's yes. why you have good bacteria on your skin or on your person inside of you, your body is to fight off these infections. And so you're killing that while not killing the virus. And so you, I, I just wanted to add, you are actually doing harm by using an antibacterial. A lot of people are like, well, what, what bad can it do? It can do a lot of bad. It, it, yep. And it does do a lot of bad. So anyway. Yeah, we were actually just talking about that the other day. It actually dawned on me that with hand sanitizer, I was like, wait, it's an antibacterial. What does that mean? And we haven't done extensive research on this, but it would be, if you know anything about taking an antibiotic, uh, internally, it would be the same concept on your hands. It is the same as an antibiotic on your hands, on your skin. Also, your skin absorbs the most. Your skin is the most absorbent thing in your body. So if you're putting it on your hands, it's in your gut. Mm -hmm. We all know how important our gut bacteria is. Like that's not really a mystery anymore. Everybody's talking about that. So it, it, it does do extreme harm to your whole body, um, not just what's on your hands or and as, or up to your elbows. <laughs> as that, um, you can do it with perfume, but a lot of times um, if you have a clean mouth, but you haven't eaten in a couple of hours and you put something on your hands, you will taste it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. like instantly you'll taste it in your mouth. That is proof as to how quickly you absorb things through your skin. So yep. remember that when you're, when you're using these chemicals, like it's, it's going straight into your body. So if you wouldn't eat it, mm -hmm. don't touch it. Exactly. That's my rule. Yep. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so they're, they're going to do that. Um, if your area has obviously testing for the coronavirus, they're going to do that. Um, and then as far as medication, um, further than that, um, they, 
we don't know what's approved and what's not approved at this point. It's even the one article I read from the CDC, this was a couple days ago, so disclaimer on that. Um, but um, they actually were even twisting their words. They were saying one was approved and then it was, and then later on in the same paragraph, they said it was to be approved. So there, even the CDC hasn't really said what is or isn't approved for the coronavirus either. Um, what I don't understand about this, and not to get political, but why does our president have to approve medications for viruses? I'm missing it. It's no sense to me. He is not a doctor. That is the biggest logical fallacy in my opinion, but we'll move on from that. So there's a really big, like, why are we trusting these approvals anyway? Why do these need approvals? The people who are approving them know nothing. Um, he's just going off of what the doctor said. <laughs> sure, sounds good. Anyway, um, and then, so there are three that are up in the running, though. That is not to be disputed. Um, one is Remdesivar, <laughs> something like that. The other is hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Um, those are only approved for, or up for adults. They are not to be used on children. So I may want to make that very clear. They are not approved for anyone under 18. Because your doctor may prescribe them and you need to watch out for that. This would not be the first time that that happens. There are many medications out there that I've come across where this is not to be used under children under 18 and doctors are prescribing them. Um, Nicole has several things with fertility that the, that is, it's not prescribed for that. And that's what we're using it for. You have to be your child's advocate. And that's why we're doing this podcast is to inform you to look this up. It's, it sucks. It's a full-time job. I struggle with it to get this information out to you for my own family, but we have to do this. Can you imagine the detriment that your child would go through physically and mentally, as we'll see here by these side effects, if they were given a drug that is not approved for their body? I mean, you take a hundred and, just say a 120 pound, 18 year old female, a drug given at the lowest dose, and then, but give that to a child four years old. We cannot know what that's doing. The, the, the doses are not figured out there. The testing has not been done. And most drugs aren't tested anyway, in the extent that they should be tested. So there's that, um, because most, no drug has been around for centuries. So we would never know the generational effect or even the 50 year long-term effect. Uh, that we're having. I mean, we see that in asthma medications now. Children who have been on asthma medications now are having problems in their 50s. Well, it was never tested. So, uh, so I want to make that very clear. Those two are only for adults. So make sure you know that. Um, um, and then the one that is approved for children is, um, I'm not going to say it right, Chlor chloroquine, chloroquine. So my mouth is also super dry. So um you and I have not talked about this and I have done zero research into this, so I could be totally wrong, but in the presidential speech that I heard from Trump, which again, he is not a doctor, but he said that chloroquine and the hydro, hydro, hydrochloroquine. Yeah. That those were the same drug. Have you See, I, I also couldn't figure that out because it, it was, there was miss, there was one article that listed all three of them, just how I have it here. Okay. Um, so, 
because I know, and I bring that up to they say. They could be, they obviously have to be different in some way, you know, because of how they're listed. Um, so, so they could just be different doses. That could be. I, I bring that up because um, one is for children and one is for adults. And, and it, it makes not. me wonder, like, with, um, with uh, progest, uh, I'm forgetting the word now, um, progestin, which is the, the, the kind of progesterone that is prescribed to women for fertility treatments. It's mm -hmm. also the same exact drug that is in birth control, but they're both named something totally different. It's just like, just two different letters kind of thing. Yeah, and so it makes me wonder if it isn't the same exact thing, but they're able to say, okay, this is approved for children. And I tried looking that up, like I you know, did a few different searches and stuff, and I, I couldn't come up with a definite answer. So it is very possible. Okay. Um, the I did, though, that the clericorquin on its own is used for children in it, um, it, the, it is originally um, made for treating malaria and it is used for children in that. So it has been used for that for quite a while. Okay. Um, so that's where it was really weird because, and then the other one had such little research on it um, and only for adults. So I, I mean, again, like I, I am not a doctor. I do not have a medical degree. I do not have a pharmaceutical degree at all. Far from, um, do not want one. Um, so I, I wouldn't know the technical, technical terminology on that. Um, so either way, even if they are the same drug, as you'll we'll see here, the side effects to clericorquin are so horrific. I personally would never put my child on this. Like there is no circumstance to where my child would be this ill to put them on this drug. The side effects, the purpose of it is antiviral. It is an antiviral medication. Garlic, coconut oil, the list is endless, are also antiviral with no side effects. They can be used in high quantities, all of the things. Like the list at this point is endless. We can use modern uh, ways of even getting that into your child if your child's not able to eat. Like there's so many things that there's, I just don't see where this would ever help. You know, you'd have to be extremely, it would be in like an antibiotic situation where you would literally have to be on your deathbed. And that is something I, like, I, want, I was going to end finish with um, in this whole series. So I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to get us back on track to um, medications and um, the side effect, going to the side effects to this. So, um, so to the side effects of this um, are really scary. Like a lot of them are, um, the biggest one that's, scares me is that there are a lot of mental side effects to this one um, where people will or children especially will cause self-harm and aggression to themselves like at what point is that okay like and and here's the thing like what I want to point out is like when I see people taking their kids into the doctor and I have been in a lot of hospitals with my child. My job makes me pick up a lot of medical supplies 
and deliver medical supplies. So I see kids in doctor's offices and they're not that sick. And this may come from seeing your child completely paralyzed with a ventilator shoved down his throat. That is death's door. Like that is where, I don't know, just fix it. That's when you throw your hands up. But when your child's sitting there with his knees up and holding an iPad, coughing every so often, your kid's not sick. You shouldn't even be there. Your kid is sick. Go home and deal with it. You do not take your child to the doctor because they're sick. No, you take your child to the doctor because they're on death's door. They need medical intervention. The moment you step your foot into a doctor's office, a quick care, an emergency room, you have given up all parental rights. You are saying, I need your help. You, they want to use their tools. This is what they're offering. And that's why I say, ask yourself before you enter these, these, these clinics, because what are, what are their options? What is Western medicine's options? That's what they're going to offer you. It's not a mystery. They don't have some magic pill. They don't have some magic drug. It's not just go get it fixed. No, we know what they have to offer. Just as we know what herbalism and God's creation has to offer. We know what it is. We know what it does. I think that's what we want when we go to the doctor. We, we think that they're going to give us a magic pill. And let's face it, everyone leaves disappointed because there is no yeah. magic pill. And that mm -hmm. is, you're absolutely right. I know when I had influenza B this last January, like talking to you and I was like, I don't know, I have 103 degree fever. Should I go in? And, and you were like, they're going to give you Tylenol. And I was like, oh, I could take that here. <laughs> like, and I don't have to pay a thousand dollars for it. You know, like we expect yep. that they have like this magical secret formula hidden in the back that they're going to give us and we're just going to feel better like that. And of course we want that for our kids, but, but yep. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there that that is what we, that's what we want. That's what we expect. And that really, I don't know, it resonated with me when you said that. Well, and it's because we don't know. We don't know how to take our bodies we, or take care of our bodies. We don't know why our body has a fever. We don't know why we have a runny nose. We don't know why we're coughing. But once you understand, once you know why your body is doing these things, why your body is reacting that way, there is no more fear. There is no more get rid of this. There is no more too high fever. There is no more all the things. There is no more, oh, I had a cough for six weeks. Like you, your body's taking care of it and you're aiding it in any way it needs. Your body and your child's body does not want to harm itself. It's not, your body is not trying to kill you. Your child's body is not trying to kill it. It's not just going to up and die for no reason. Healthy children and children in general do not just die for no reason. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. <laughs> like that is how it is. There is an, an underlying reason for it. So unhealthy people don't die for no reason. There's always a reason somebody dies. There's always a reason. Well, and even with the coronavirus that's going on, even Italy, the worst country where it's hit, has come out and said over half their people had an underlying issue. Mm. They were not healthy to begin with. They did not have an immune system, which is what we need to be building. So yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to say, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So to me, I mean, I don't know, like my, my child would really have to be on death's door to use this medication. If it even works, it has never been used for a viral to kill this type of viral infection before. So again, 
that is the other issue with these medications is that they're targeted. Um, the, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of bacteria and um, viruses and all these things. They're all different strands, right? That's why we, again, the flu shot, that's why it never works is because it's a different strand. Um, so how do we know that this targets that specific virus? There are only a very few viral medications, antiviral medications. So they do not cover the whole spectrum. We know that right away. We know that. Um, and then again, you take this, your child takes this now when they're just kind of sick. You know, they're, they're going on two weeks of having a cold, but they're still up and functioning. They're not lethargic. They're not all these things. You can never use this again in a life-threatening situation. So say the coronavirus does mutate and be worse, like they say it's going to, or they say it's going to be the other way, whoever you want to listen to, you can't use this again if your child catches it again and it's worse. It will not work the same. The body will, um, the body will put off um, an immune response to it. Wow. So you, and that's why antibiotics don't work. It's the same concept. Um, is you can only use, we do know for a fact that you can only use two rounds of antibiotics effectively in the body. So uh, we don't know about antiviral medication. It hasn't been studied that much. So can you only use one round of it? We don't know that these medications, they are amazing. They can be life-saving, but we have to save them for that. Like when you just are sick, you're just sick and you have to deal with that at home. And there's plenty of things we can be doing. Like I don't even use all my tools in my toolbox when my kids are sick. I don't because I don't need to, but I don't have to. Like that's the thing. Like if that makes sense, like we only need to use a few of these things and our bodies will get better. Our bodies are thriving to get better. If they're not, there's other underlying issues. There's other things going on, X, Y, Z, like pre-existing conditions, like we've been talking about. Um, there are other things to take into consideration and deal with those accordingly. But we're talking about the average kid, healthy, all the things. And even when I say healthy, they may have underlying issues already because a kid with asthma is considered healthy in our day and age. And that's not, your child should not have asthma. That is an immune system issue. Um, but again, that's considered healthy. And so even with that, you should be making it through this, this very common cold. That's all that the coronavirus is, is a very common cold. Um, but back to the side effects on this medication. Um, so there are a lot of mental health um, ones of self-harm. Um, studies were done in that. On that um, muscle weakness is the next one that which cannot be um repaired they say i don't know there's some of that i you know i don't know if i always believe because with nutrition anything is possible the body i mean we can regrow teeth to some extent uh, which they say you can't so you know there's some of that that i don't agree with that i may or may not agree with but it is muscle loss like you are completely dear to deteriorating the body at that point like okay so what good does that do um, vision loss is another one. You will use forward, direct, and side vision, which I 
think would basically be full vision. Um, I don't know what's left at that point. Um, I don't know why the website chose to state it like that. I was like, so what's left? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there was some certain distance maybe there or something left. I don't, I'm not an optometrist, but vision loss is another one that again is not, um, repairable according to them, according to the research. Um, and these are all side effects that even though, yes, I'm speaking towards children again, are, uh, towards adults as well. Just throwing that out there right now, because it affects, we all have a body. Hello. So um, these side effects all apply towards all age groups. Um, but yeah, loss of vision. Um, and then the list after that is just endless. Nausea, um, excuse me. Yeah, nausea, um, ir irregular heartbeats, oh. vomiting, cramps, headaches, diarrhea, you, hair loss. Well, we all know that if your hair and nails, like that's one of the first signs of health. Like if your hair and nails are growing really well, your skin's doing really well, like that's a good sign of health. So if you're losing your hair, what is that doing to your body? Um, no one should take this medication if they have pre-existing kidney failure. So if it's attacking your kidney specifically, again, hello. See, this is why it would make sense about like, I know nothing about malaria but I hear it's a really, really, really bad disease, right? Like I could understand looking at malaria and going, I can either die from malaria or I can take this drug. Like that kind of makes sense to me, at least just yeah. from what I know about malaria. Again, for a common cold, self-harm, like what the heck is this doing to your mind to make you want to cause self-harm to yourself? Like there's nothing okay with that. Like we're going to take this drug that's going to alter my mental state to where I want to harm myself because I have a runny nose. Like this makes no sense. Yep. And then finally, the last big one is convulsions as well. So you're giving your child seizure, types of seizures, um, which is just huge. Like again, my, my child has a fever and a cough, but let's give them convulsions. Yeah. That's gonna help. I, I'm sorry, people are so afraid of fevers because they say they cause seizures, which I can, we can do another podcast on that. Um, they don't, um, but yet let's give them that. I just, it makes no sense. I, I never understand when a drug gives you the side effects you're trying to fight. I never understand that. Um, so, and then WebMD also finishes out their article by saying this is not a complete list of all possible side effects. So we, so I do believe that there are, there was some, um, uh, other studies alluded to that they wrote off as not being a side effect of this drug. Well, what was it then? You know, so there are other side effects they are not telling us about. So that would include all the way up to death in my opinion. Um, so yeah, we really need to weigh our pros and cons options and do our own research when it comes to giving drugs to children. Like this is horrific. And if this is what it also does to adults, what is it doing? What worse would it do to a child? Like we have to remember that, that this is side effects for all, not just children. And another huge issue here too, that I want to throw in. And again, I'm not the expert in medication, but we talk a lot. Um, is that there's been a lot of talk by one person in particular um, in leadership 
about how amazing the FDA has been in fast tracking the, um, mm -hmm. the testing and the, the clinical trials to get this as well as the vaccination, which we'll probably discuss in a future podcast, um, up and going for us. And, and it, here's the biggest problem with that. If I trusted the FDA, <laughs> then I would say that their, their process is about taking a drug giving it to people and seeing what the long-term side effects are on those people's physical health. And the problem with fast tracking that is you cannot fast track what the long-term effects are on your physical health. There is no, so when we're talking about fast tracking, we're talking about throwing out the entire clinical trial. I know that they are actually doing clinical trials and I know that the FDA has actually come out after our president's speech and said that he was wrong, that they are not approved yet. And it, it, even if they do get approved, it won't be approved until June. And so these won't even be on the market until that time, at least according to an article that I read. But my point to that is, it's the end of March, April, May, June. If these are on the market in June, you have two months of history of how these mm -hmm. drugs are affecting people. Two months. Well, and adults again. In adults, as far yeah. as I know, it only adults are in the trials right yeah, now. Exactly. I could be wrong on that, but from what I've seen. So, how are these drugs affecting us a year from now, two years from now, or what if what if we're on these drugs for longer than two months? What if this is a long-term drug that they put you on? Like there is no or repeatedly or again repeatedly. You're on it now. What about next fall? Yeah. What about fall of 2020? Because the coronavirus is not leaving. Right. None of these viruses have ever, we still have the swine flu. We still have all these same strands of it. Yeah. It will be here for the rest of our lives. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I really want to point out, like there's a, been a, again, a lot of praise to the FDA about how fast they fast tracked this. This is not about the FDA. Mm -hmm. Th this That's is not, not a good thing. This is not <laughs> about the FDA saying Man, our hands are really tied, or, or, or no, better, th this is better. I'm wording this wrong. It's, it's not about the FDA saying, man, these are how we usually go about doing things, but like we will, you know, shorten this period for this. No, these are rules that tie the FDA and the pharmaceutical company's hands so that you are safe. And they are bending and breaking those rules because you are scared and you want an answer when there isn't really that big of a deal to begin with. If you look at the numbers, again, if you've been watching our Facebook post, our, our Instagram posts, we're at 4% globally have died from this. In America alone, 7.3% of people who got influenza B this year have died. Um, that's 0.2%, 2, 2.4% uh, lower than an epidemic. So we were 0.4% away this year from being at an epidemic with influenza B. And globally, we are half that. This isn't even considered an epidemic at this point. In America alone, it's at 1.2% is our death rate. 1.2% compared to 7.3 with influenza. So this isn't even that big of a deal as far as a, a cold goes as far as an illness goes and yet you are terrified enough to take a drug that has had no research no clinical studies done and can cause you to want to harm yourself because you're scared 
And I understand why you're scared because there's a lot of fear going on out there. But we need to step away from that fear and say, okay, but what is good for our kids and what is good for our families and what is good for our health? Because I'm not going to just take something that you pawned off from some pharmaceutical company as an answer that's 10 times worse than the cold that you're claiming is also really bad. Like these people are already lying to us. So why are we going to trust them with their second lie? It just, it makes no sense to me. So step away from that fear and look at what they're proposing as an offer. Don't just accept the offer because you're living in fear. Yep. Yep. Which all goes back to truly understanding how your body works, how your child's body is operating, why it is doing what it's doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Again, uh, we're going to have a second one coming up. Um, They'll both post at the same time. So you can check out that one. um, And I'll be talking a little bit more in that. And um, yeah, all the things. So if you want any more information again from Bridget, as far as antibiotics versus viral uh, versus what um, uh, actually she went over this quite a bit, but uh, what maybe you could recap a little bit as to like, what should we be doing for our kids? What would you, what would you recommend as the answer? So, yeah, I mean, the symptoms so far of coronavirus are um, a cough and a fever. Um, You'll see mixed reports about if you have a runny nose, you don't have coronavirus, but other sites say you do. So I, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, It's common cold. um, So you're going to treat it the same way you're going to treat anything else. Um, Just uh, fuel the symptoms. So you're going to take care of a fever. You know, you're going to, a fever is to fight an infection. So the heat is what kills the infection. It is not a bad thing. Um, yeah. And so you, you're going to want to fuel that. So if your, your body's saying, Hey, I have an infection. So you're going to want to be taking garlic and honey, especially local honey. Um, you're going to want to be doing coconut oil, all the things. And there's many ways to get that into your child, even while they're sick and grumpy. Um, and, um, you know, a cough, barley water or tea is amazing. Warm water and honey is absolutely amazing. You know, you just want to soothe that throat and calm it down. Um, but again, a cough is not a bad thing. What is happening is your body is trying to get rid of that congestion. It's using the vibration to break up the mucus, to get it out of the body, which is a good thing. That is how the body is getting the infection out. So, um, it's okay to have a cough, but you know, obviously we can have like, you know, how you overly cough to the point of you're just like sick of coughing. <laughs> like you do, you can aid that. You can, you can soothe it. You know, you can, you know, take control, be in charge, you know, and, and do some things to, to soothe those symptoms. So, um, um, I have a whole cold and cough, uh, or excuse me, cold and flu protocol on uh, my website, the bewildlife.com. Um, if you go click under the library, I think it's the first one still up there um, in the list so far. So you can go check that out. There's so many other remedies for um, any kind of symptoms that you might be experiencing, um, and then just in general, boosting the immune system. Um, yeah, to treat that. And yeah, please just reach out too. If you feel like you have something specific going on or one of those things aren't working or you feel like it's kind of working, but it's not there because we can tweak these things. Like you do what's best for you. We all have a bio individuality. And so we need to 
there, there is an option for you out there. So God has provided all that we need in his creation. So we wouldn't be around the last centuries if he hadn't, which is also something else to just remember. Medication itself, even at the oldest drug, has been around for what, maybe 75 years, pushing it maybe a hundred now. I, I get mixed up because anyway, my timeline, but like, you know, it's really pushing it. medication <laughs> has been around. So, um, yeah. Whereas herbs have been around for thousands of years so yeah. and used in all cult cultures. So it is the answer. Absolutely. And it will get us through anything that comes along. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing all this and we will see you in the next episode. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button. And a special thank you to those who make this financially possible. To support this podcast, please follow the link in our description. To learn more about one-on-one -on -one coaching, books, and other resources, check me out at www.nicolehegstead.com. And check me out at thebewildlife.com. Our intro and exit music is titled Happy Song by Pachyderm. The song is licensed under an attribution share-alike license.